Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast, co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins. Shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row. Six rebounds and eight assists. Oh! Hollins climbs the stairs. Down the floor. Ryan Hollins, he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down. And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to the Buker and Hollins podcast, subsidiary Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker, and you can read me on Bleacher Report. And if you, that's out of order. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, travel weary, shall we say? He's Ryan Hollins. You can see him on ESPN, NBA Vet. You can follow him on Twitter at the Ryan Hollins, and you can find him on Instagram at simply Ryan Hollins. All right, Ryan, that gives you a little indication that uh, we have a number of different things to cover, and I'm just, I'm kind of out of sorts. I'm not sure what Are you it back is. In- you back in LA or where, uh, where no? Are you I, at? I'm back home. I flew. I flew home from LA. Had a long day of TV and radio and everything else, and then made it home. And um, what, what radio did you do? Uh, Gottlieb Fox Radio. Uh, you just, hosted? Or you no, no, no. In? I just did. A, I did a couple of hits. I didn't. I didn't have to do an entire show. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. That would have really taken me uh, over the edge. But and maybe it's maybe it's simply you- yes. You did that in Burbank, or did you do that down, down in the studio? I did it from the TV studios. I have nice. gone to Burbank to do it, but I did nice. not do that today. So, you're familiar with all of that. You know, I wasn't sure where he did his radio from. I've yeah. called in, but I haven't. I haven't like gone in. Yeah, you it's know? a, it's a, it's a completely separate studio, which I find unusual because, like Collins, Collins. TV show is obviously also on radio. Undisputed actually is also on radio. It it seems odd to me that you wouldn't have the um, the radio studio on the same lot as you have. But then the Fox lot is does everything. It's where they do their movies, their TV shows, and everything. So maybe they just ultimately didn't have the space. In any event, we have a lot to get to. Even though it's an off day when it comes to the uh, NBA Finals. There is, there's been a lot of news, and I'm going to start because maybe you can 
you can help me out. I need some perspective. Uh, the owner of, and I'm going to get into, I'm going to give you some background on why this happened or what was some of the behind the scenes on this. But so Joe Lacob's second wife uh, was sitting next to Beyonce and Jay-Z. And Jay-Z, and she was offering to get them drinks. And she leans over to get the order from Jay-Z. And there's video of Beyonce, who is sitting between them, kind of looking down and she's smiling. And then suddenly she's not smiling. And that little video clip resulted in death threats for Joe Joe Lacob's wife from uh, a group, I guess, that is known as the the Beehive, uh, Beyonce's supporters. And... As a result, Joe Lacob's wife has now uh, has now deleted her account. Um, is there? This is my first my first introduction to the viciousness of the Beehive. Were you aware of the following for Beyonce and and how devoted they are? Shall we say? Yeah, it's, it's real. It's nothing to be played with. No, those 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 are some bad women. And, and and women and men in in sorts also yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't go messing with them she's like she is people argue that she's the greatest entertainer of all time woman entertainer hmm. so she's got a she's got a generation behind her bro I I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with that so let me ask you this what do you think what do you think set them off about that video I didn't see the specific video. I, I heard glimpses of it, uh, but I don't know. It's it's weird. Beyonce really is unfazed by a lot of stuff. So if, if Beyonce showed, she's kind of like the Kawhi Leonard of superstars. <laughs> she goes out, she does her thing, and then afterwards she's just emotionless. You don't get you don't get anything. She does a great job. Uh, so if you got some type of emotion, or I don't know, she bumped into her. I, I couldn't no, tell what happened. Yeah. Well, look, I, I would say. Look, it was just a it was a, a change in her facial expression. And I dare say that any of us, if we were sitting between two people and someone leaned past me to talk to you or to talk to my wife or to talk to anybody but wasn't really including me in the conversation but was intruding on my space, I don't know that I would smile through it. I, I there's there's a chance that a slight look of annoyance might cross my my face. Acknowledge me, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Or like, tell me what you need to tell Jay Z, rather mm. than it's like you're cutting me out of the conversation. I could. So you're Beyonce and your wife is Jay Z in this situation. Yes, and <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, did it make it, it worse that it's a woman too? Uh, uh, well, certainly with the beehive, it made it worse. You know, there's all sorts of suggestions. Now, I will say this: this is what I know. And Nicole Curran, Curran is her, or Curran is her, uh, is her name. But she is, as I understand, she is married to Joe Lacob, and she is. She treats Warriors games, and I don't think I'm talking out of turn here. She treats Warriors games as if they are cocktail parties. She walk, she she dresses very flamboyantly. 
she's always walking around with a drink in her hand, always walking around with a drink in her hand. And she was apparently taking a drink order from Jay-Z, wanted to know what he was drinking. And it was a vodka and something. And Beyonce was just drinking water. And so that to me is also another reason why she may have had the expression on her face. Like if you're not drinking and somebody who is drinking is leaning over, talking to somebody else that you're hanging with and they're drinking, I can see where that again, like we're not on the same plane here. And, um, you know, from what everything I've experienced, Nicole likes to drink and she likes to drink at games. So I could easily see where Beyonce, if she's just drinking water and she's stone cold sober, she's not really enjoying this whole engagement. So that to me is what inspired this. But I, again, and death threats? And oh, I'm, I'm, going on, I'm going on Nicole's word that that's what it was. But death threats? You delete your account, bro. Yeah, yeah. But that just... You talk about bullying. That and, and, and when you're on social media, you have to understand that social media is a vicious world and everybody gets to be tougher than they are in real life and people are not humane to each other. That's not what social media is known for. But I, in, in watching the clip, I'm just still... Death threats? Death threats over a look that crossed Beyonce, not not anything Beyonce said, not anything that was, it's still interpretive in terms of what her reaction was, and we are going to threaten people's lives over that. Seriously. Yeah, it, it's real. It's real. <laughs> it's, it's real. Wait, but you sound, you sound like you're accepting of it. it uh, this is insane to me. It is, uh, listen, don't come between Beyonce and her followers. You don't want no parts of that. But Rick. but but Nicole wasn't trying to do that. So that what that wasn't in her intention. She wasn't. She. I mean, if it's inadvertent, uh, it, I assume it was inadvertent. She wasn't. Tr- in no way do I think she was trying to diss Beyonce. And if she and if she did, if she said something about her music, whatever it might be, then it was like, okay, hey, have at it. But this was. She didn't even know she did anything wrong. And now Maybe she's she was, getting death threats. Maybe she's a little intoxicated, bro. She well, was, she, 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 she was, was feeling it. She was doing too much. She was doing too much. I mean, I don't think you're you're cool with a, a gentleman reaching over to talk to your wife. No, I well look, here's the thing. I if 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 there was a guy who was inebriated next to me and he kind of leaning past me and trying to get, you know, trying to get my wife's attention, yeah, you know what? I'd I'd be I'd be on point. It would be like, okay, when do I pull the ripcord on this? Um, but yeah, and the, and the Buker hives don't play. <laughs> the bu- the Buker hive will be going in. Man. There's nobody taking up for me. I'd have to take care. I'd have to take care of it myself. There's there'd Libby, be nobody doing my Libby, light work on that. It'd be Libby, me. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Will I think Will, Will maybe Will on a good day. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'd be, be, we would be losing it, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think Matt Barnes might come if I if I needed Matt Barnes. He's he'd step okay. In. You got you got a nice little I, NBA I got a, hive yeah. There. I, it's not large, but it's effective. I'll say that. Okay. Um. So one of the other things, speaking of owners, one of the other elements is Mark Stevens. As it turns out, 
part owner, owns about 10% from everything I've read, of the, of the Golden State Warriors. In Game 3, Kyle Lowry goes diving into the courtside seats, and as he's there, uh, a gentleman shoves him. He says another guy was holding on to his jersey. I think we, we got videotape confirming that. But in any event, a guy, guy who really wasn't involved ends up shoving Kyle Lowry. And Kyle points it out to security. Uh, he was escorted from the game. And it turns out that he is a part owner. Mark Stevens is a part owner of the Warriors. He's now been fined a half a million dollars and banned for a year from attending any NBA games. I'll just open it up to you. I'm sure you've had to talk about this on your various platforms. But this is your opportunity to kind of coalesce everything that you've had to say about that situation. I'll start here. Was the punishment, the fine, appropriate? I believe so. Right now, I'm going to have to think about it, you know, in more depth, understanding that this man is an owner. There is a bigger price. Mm -hmm. And... And I know we've all talked about this, but if Kyle Lowry had choked this guy out and kind of been in his rights of doing so, or, or, or because I don't know if you noticed, he's in front and there's a guy behind him that mm-hmm. grabbed Kyle Lowry's uh, jersey also. Yeah, two fists so got, of his jersey from double, the back. Yep. He got double grabbed. They don't yep. talk about the other guy. There yep. needs to, Something needs to happen to that other guy too. Now, he tried to, to pat Kyle on the back afterwards, but it's like, hold on, you were you were in this too. And if he shot you an elbow or or did something and maybe you weren't using the language, but yeah. that guy came to a sense and said, Oh, hold on, I'm getting kicked out for this. Right. Okay. But nonetheless, they both should be taking fines. Yeah. Now for an owner, five hundred grand is not a big deal. I do under I do understand that. Um the year ban and I and I look at it as hey if this this is my first reaction, if this was a player, Rick, you know, what fines would this be? If, if if what would Kyle Lowry be fined if he bombed on this guy? Yeah. And then I had to sit back and think, well, this guy's an owner. Should there be a different fight? We've never seen anything like that. And Rick, I just had the talk yesterday. Me and Will Kane had a I wouldn't say a heated, a informative yet heated discussion. Okay. About owners and the word owner. Mm-hmm. And the entitlement that comes with it mm-hmm. and situations like this really play into that, Rick, really make me wonder why this guy feel like this. It was OK. Why do you feel like what he was doing yeah. was OK? There's something that entitled him. And we just talked about that. And it's a, it's this underlying billionaire mentality. As much as they don't want to talk about slavery, the undertones are there. And just because it's not the, the physical slavery, there's a mental slavery. There's certain things where, you you know, you don't talk, you just do your job. And I don't care what dollar amount that you pay somebody, the mentality is wrong. And because I, 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 I suppress you in a certain way, and I'm not saying I'm a slave, I'm not saying you, I even know what it was like for my parents to grow up, Rick. Um, I, I just, I don't mind changing the word, and this even more so reiterates it for me. See, here's the thing for me is that we can change the word and it doesn't necessarily change anything because it's not the word, it's the attitude with the word. It's the approach, it's the 
belief in what you are allowed to do and not do and how you are allowed to treat other people, people that work for you, people that are under you as a result of that word. Now, it does ring a bell as far as the connection. And for some people, psychologically, I could see where it rings that bell and it's not a good bell and it makes everything fraught as a result of that. I, living in the Bay Area, I can tell you, and I've, I've, I reached out to a couple of people because I don't know Mark Stevens. I've met a number of the part owners. I've obviously met Peter Goober and, and Joe Lacob. I've been to Peter Goober's house in Hollywood. Uh, I uh, And I've met some of the part owners. I don't know that I had, had ever met Mark Stevens, and I didn't, I didn't know him at, in any depth. I do know people who do know him, and I reached out to them, and they said, hey, he's, he's been a great benefactor. He's very generous. His wife, who I believe was there with him, who was the one that patted uh, Kyle on the back and, and wasn't part of the fray, uh, she is on the board of trustees at Santa Clara University. They do, they do a lot of good things. I, I, I say none of that to defend his actions. You were saying that this puts it in a different realm because he's an owner. I agree 100%. It, it sets the bar much higher. This isn't your first time sitting in a courtside seat. You are part of the organization that is uh, that is in this competition, but you yourself are not in the competition. You have to comport yourself the same way Bob Myers would, the same way Joe Lacob. Joe Lacob stands up, and he may take issue with the referees, and that there's times where I feel like even that, even that is out of line because ultimately the referees work for you. You, <laughs> the owners. Own this, own this league by and large. Adam Silver works for them. That's just the reality. That's the, that's the structure that has been created. And so I take issue with Joe Lacob or any owner standing up and browbeating the, uh, the referees because that's an influence that is, look, that's in some ways well, Mark that's your Cuban boss does it. You complain about that. Mark Cuban. You, we know Cuban does it. Yes, absolutely. Cuban's Cuban. the guy who started Synergy so that he could send in reports about yep. referees. Yep. And and look, all the issues that we have with referees and the lack of communication, I blame on Mark Cuban because he was the one who made who tried to turn it into an analytical numbers-based job and it's not that and it never will be. And now they're trying to sort out the the presence of anal- of of analytics in judging referees and what is really a relationship based business. Did you know that Cuban was the first to start the trend of sending tapes into the league when stuff happened? Really? Mm-hmm. I understand I that he was the first. He was the first that to be doing way it. before that. But uh, eh, 90s? I think I'm pretty I, yeah, sure he was the thought- first. It was. It was something about him starting Synergy Sports. Yeah. That's his deal. And uh, it was something related with that. Yeah. I I mean, I I, I no doubt. I'm sure that he, uh, I mean, I know he's he was very, he basically got Ed Rush fired. Uh, he's been very aggressive on that front. Less so, less so now. In any event, Mark Stevens, I, I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, the I, I have to think that the five hundred thousand dollar fine is a reflection of the fact that they know that he's a billionaire. And I will say this: I don't care how much money you make, five hundred thousand dollar fine—that's a lot of money. 
Basically, somebody no, saying no, no. we're 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 going to take a. That's a pride thing, bro. That's a write-off for. Nah, you know what? It's still five hundred thousand dollars. Is five hundred thousand dollars? That's pride, Rick. The bigger issue. Biased. The bigger issue is, and this is where I believe it would be a, a more stark penalty, like the one-year ban. That's fine. I would say you're never allowed to sit in a courtside seat again. You can come after the one-year ban. You can come and sit. You can sit back behind, off the court. You can sit up in the luxury suite. But you forfeited your right to sit on the floor. That, to me, would be the the living (laughs) reminder that you can't do that. But I'm going to place my judgment, um, or I'm going to reserve my judgment if it was a regular fan. But I want to say if this was a player, Hmm. I would say I would want it to be equal. So if the player puts his hands on a guy, I think a player wouldn't be kicked out the league. So I'm not going to go that far. But I think there's a firm, like, hold on, you're... You're in thin ice now. You know, we saw the malice in the palace. Those guys lost a lot of money. And obviously, you know, maybe it's different. You know, you can't just find a guy that amount of money. But I'm sure it was probably, you know, could have probably a little more than half a million those guys lost in the malice. So if you, you know, you put that in in, uh, in perspective, it's probably a light fine. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say lifetime ban. Okay, now, but maybe here, for a but, fan. But, but let's be clear on this, too, is... It was putting his hands on Kyle and what might have what might have happened as a result of that could have been could have been really bad. I fully agree. And I say penalize him as if he started a fight. But penalize, on, the other hand, him, on the other hand, on the other hand, what's the fine on the other hand, it was a shove. And 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 looking at Jimmy Butler shoving Jared Dudley and thinking in no way, or Jared Dudley shoving Joel Embiid and thinking in no way should that be a a guy getting kicked out of the game. It's it's unacceptable for a fan to put his hands on a player. Where I lose, where I think that we go too far is to suggest that there was some sort of violence or assault involved here. It was unnecessary. Was it was it physical abuse? I just I can't go that far. And the reason that I don't want to misrepresent this is because what happens is when we exaggerate something, then those who want to dismiss the subject entirely can say, "Oh, well see, it's it's an overreaction." And then that, we ignore is, the situations is, that are legitimate. And, but and the then, thing is, Rick, it's hard to explain. It's hard to compare this with a player-to-player touching mm-hmm. because of the language and what happened. Kyle Lowry, look, man. Kyle well, see, Lowry, I, do you know what was said, dude, bro? That's my question. Kyle, hey, Kyle do, Lowry could have folded that dude in half. He could have. He could have. He could have took his bare hands and killed that man in front of everybody. Do you, you'd have been prying Kyle Lowry off that guy. Do you? But you know, do you know what was said? That's what I'm really Something, curious. He kept saying, "My understanding, Kyle." He said, "Kept telling him to f off." F off, F off. Oh, okay. And he, it was, he was like, it wasn't just that he said it. He was, he was aggressive behind it. Yeah. And my thing is, I would understand if, hey, Kyle's diving towards the bench. You want to protect you and your lady friend, right? Cool. I'm upset. Whatever. This is happening. But to me, that wasn't that deal. Yeah. That deal was, 
it's not even about her. I got a problem with you. Now I'm taking it a step further. Yeah. Now you're aggressive. No, this was this was I'm I'm a you know I'm part of the Warriors team, and I'm I think that I'm yes. I, I, I think yep. I'm competing here. I think I'm part yep. of the deal, and you're not part of the deal. You're not part of the deal, and Kyle Lowry's not expecting you to behave like you're part of the deal. If yep. he if he had di- if he and a couple other players had dived into the stands and and. Steph Curry, it's hard to imagine Steph Curry doing it. If Draymond Green <laughs> had shoved him as they were getting up, okay, I, I, I know who you are. I know what this, you're like, okay, we're competing. <laughs> I get it. He, this is something that he's not expecting, which is why he could have reacted uh, far more negatively to it. You, when, you get, when you get surprised, you don't know who it is. I agree. Uh, your reaction may be, I'm going to protect myself, but... There's uh, one first, in front and one in behind, man. What's one up? in front and one. There was one guy in front and one guy in behind. Yeah. Well, see, uh, now I, I'd have to go look in the tape again. The one thing yeah. I don't it, know with the guy behind him is. No, the guy behind him grabs his jersey and you see the jersey pull. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. He, but is he, pull, he, but he, is he pulls, grabbing he, the jersey in nah, order to keep him from. Bro. The girl, falling. the lady was gone. No. And then he taps him on, on the back because he knew what he did. Ah, okay. snap. Let me clean this up. Okay. Now, maybe he wasn't using the profanity, or maybe maybe he knew Kyle was about to whip his boy's tail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hmm. But All right. So, But here's the other, here's the other aspect of this that, that I want to touch upon, which is, is like, I don't, and I'm, sens- I'm really sensitive to being in the Bay Area, uh, the venture capitalists, the amount of money that has come into Silicon Valley, uh, is is obscene and prices have gone through the roof uh, when it comes to real estate when it comes to basically everything and there's been a different a lot of people that created the culture and the cool and the hipness of of the bay area and san francisco have been basically forced out of the market because there's just people with money ridiculous amounts of money that just can come in and buy whatever they want live wherever they want, do whatever they want, and they do it with impunity. And there's been a culture shift as a result of that. Now, I'm not saying that Mark Stevens is part of that, but Mark Stevens' behavior is uh, reminded me of how mean-spirited the Bay Area has become as a result of all the obscene wealth. I've seen it my... My kids go to a, we live on the coast. My kids go to a private school in Atherton, which is the most affluent neighborhood. And this is arguably the most affluent private school. My son goes there. My, my daughter's actually transferring out. And I've, and I've seen it there where they're, and I've, and I've talked to school administrators who will tell you privately that the tone and the attitude of the school has changed. Because there's an entitlement and there's an expectation, I'm a billionaire. I I get to decide whatever I want. I'll I'll buy my way to being able to make those decisions, even if I'm not necessarily informed about the decision that I'm making. Well, and so <laughs> they kind of can, Rick. What's that? They kind of can. <laughs> yeah, well, they can, but it's not healthy. I mean, it, it doesn't make it right, and they're making. When they're making decisions that affect other people and they can make it just because they have the most money, not because they have the most knowledge or the most informed, 
then that's where you get the rub. You get you, that's where the resentment uh, arises, and that's what we're seeing in the base. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, I had it just driving home from the airport. <laughs> this was, this was uh, I don't know, it was priceless in a way. So I'm in the fast lane, and I want to get out of the fast lane. Because I, because it's locked up and generally, this is one of the other elements is now that the traffic has gotten so bad, it's like LA. Nobody respects the fast lane. People well, just drive at any speed and any lane they want. The bay? What's oh, let, me, let me get some How long have you been in the Bay, Rick? I have been, I originally moved to the Bay two days after the earthquake in 1989. How long since this thing has gotten crazy with with the with the rich people i would say the last seven eight years it's really gotten it okay. got it got okay. bad and then we had we had the dot-com so around boom, the time steph and then we curry. had the bus then steph curry got there things get bad what's that since steph in in technology and uh, all this stuff all these people get their stuff has been bad yes yeah not blaming steph curry just saying given no. you given context no and i would say like i feel as if when Steph still had bad ankles, so maybe like the last five years. Okay, okay. When Steph still had bad ankles, it seemed like everybody was nicer. Okay. <laughs> so and 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 look, I I wonder in one way, like the Warriors' supremacy. Honestly, this is why people, like the real the the longtime Warriors fans, have a hard time fully embracing Joe Lacob, despite the rise of the warriors underneath him because one he's a venture capitalist he is he is this elite group that has changed the tone of the bay area and when he talks about being smarter than everybody else and the way he runs the team it's the same attitude that you get from silicon valley with a lot of people it's it's you know what we're 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 reinventing the world and unless you're unless you're in silicon valley unless you're in this circle then you're not one of the chosen and there's a there's a built-in resentment that comes out of that and and i and and lakeb for all the success that he's had is viewed as an interloper as a guy who is just a little too smart for his own good which reminds everybody of everybody in silicon valley and so Mark Stevens is a is just an extension of that. And this is why I'm really interested to see when they go to San Francisco and they like they will lose all of their Oakland vibe. They will lose all of that that gritty uh Grateful Dead and I, I know the Grateful Dead were more San Francisco based and Hate Ashbury and all that, but that's where the Grateful Dead concerts uh, their biggest concerts were, and 
uh, the Oakland A's, and just they're they're gonna, they're gonna lose whatever vestige remaining of blue collar, uh, long time suffering, regular people kind of vibe that the Warriors have. The People's Champion, they're gonna lose that when they go to this brand new arena with the sky high prices in. Uh, in San Francisco, surrounded uh, surrounded by all the buildings that have been built by the Silicon Valley money, and I'll be interested to see where where the team goes from there because I I believe that they're going to lose a big important part of their personality when they do. Is this a player thing, or you you so you so Oracle's known as one of the loudest arenas? So yeah, you think it's not it's not this, anymore. This this thing is going to cost so much money that Oracle will no longer be loud. Oh yeah, no, it's the the new Chase the Chase Center. I think it's the Chase Center will not be what the uh, what what Oracle is because even Oracle is not what Oracle was. There's an expectation mm. now, and some of it's natural. What do, you, what, do you, what do you mean when you say Oracle's not what Oracle was? It it it, it it's not as They've they've regained some of their fever pitch here during the playoffs, but it's not the same. When you would walk in to the building 30 minutes before tip-off, there was already a buzz in the arena. The crowd was already singing and chanting, Warriors. Everybody was in their seats. Anything that happened, they were applauding and excited. It's still a place where I don't know that you will ever hear or that you've ever heard boos. A couple times this year, but <laughs> kind of deserved as bad as they were at times. But generally, they don't boo. But they have been, it used to be when they sensed that the team needed a boost of energy, the crowd as a whole, they didn't need anything up on the Jumbotron. The crowd would give it to them. They were smart enough to know, let's pick this team up. Let's get them going. There's none of that now. Now it's more like they sit back and they wait for Steph or Clay or to make a uh, to, to make a big three. They want to be wowed, and and it's just changed. Now they expect the team to give them energy as opposed to the other way around. And I only think that that's going to be compounded when they go to the new building. Hmm, that's interesting. That's real interesting hearing you say that. You I think s- that's part of why Katie's ready to go? Mm-mm, no, I, I, KD's. We got into this in talking about Steph and Steph's performance in Game Three, the forty-seven points, and and going into it on FS1, we were talking about the fact you know Jason Whitlock was making the case he needs his signature moment. This is his opportunity to have that game, to have that uh, that Isaiah Thomas, that Magic Johnson. Guys are injured. This is the opportunity for Steph to have his moment and show that he's a true superstar and he's on he's on the level of of those guys. And and I said, first of all, if if he goes for a 50 spot, chances are the Warriors are not going to win playing that way. Like they need it from from other people. The beauty of Steph is that he gets his numbers and he gets them in a fi- he gets them in such an efficient way that it doesn't get in the way of Clay getting his numbers or KD getting his numbers or Draymond getting his numbers. It's it's compatible. If you if you're asking him to go go score sixty five, go score, then he's going to have to play in a way that I think is detrimental to the team. And he's not he's just not dynamic enough. This is this is the thing about Steph, is that he knows he's not Kobe. 
He knows he's not Michael. He knows he's not LeBron. He's just about figuring out how can I best utilize the abilities that I have and the team around me to win. That's where his mindset is. He knows that it's 6'2", 6'3", 190 pounds. He's not, he physically can't dominate in the way that those other guys did. And he doesn't, he doesn't pretty he doesn't dominant. Try. Rick, 47, 6, and 7. Yes. And what did it do? Did they come anywhere close to winning? Yeah, I'm just saying that was pretty dominant. It was a good, I, I, it I was, mean, it was, but I, I could make the case it was as great a performance as he could have. He was rebounding. He was defending. Uh, I mean, there's he was only diving guys, on the floor. There's only three guys in the history of the NBA that have been able to achieve that. Okay, but again, it's got to be context. The Raptors, I don't know what Kyle Lowry was thinking at the beginning of that game. You and I talked about it. We were screaming uh, at the TV. I agree. Like, I, why are you, I, why are you letting Steph get off here? And they, and Toronto, we talked about this too. Toronto took the approach. Like, okay, we're going to let... Here's the, here's the distinction. Toronto took the same approach with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant scored 81 and won the game. Steph Curry couldn't do that. He couldn't do what Kobe could do. He couldn't. And yeah, that's that no, wasn't an NBA Finals game now, Rick. No, I understood. 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 But my point being, like, and it's not a knock. I, 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 Steph, for me, is an overachiever. The things that he brings is in, in, in the intangibles are off the charts. I just, I think the world of him as a player. He is a superstar, but he's, he's his own, own definition of one. Trying to compare him to Kobe or Michael or Magic or LeBron, Kareem, Akeem, you go down the line. All of those guys had a huge physical advantage at their position. What makes him great and amazing is that he's been able to have the impact to even be in the conversation with those how you, guys. How do you blame him when there are four other guys? I don't blame him. I, I'm not blaming been, him. You got to give context. There were four other guys. Who I'm, literally uh, could not shoot uh, the basketball? Who said I'm blaming him? I'm not blaming him. No, but I, but we talk about at least LeBron had J.R. Smith and and Shump was a good opportunistic shooter. Okay, like like like, like, like literally there were nine. Like he was swinging the ball. There were four guys in the painted area, bro. Right. Like it was that it was that was bad. I'm not blaming him. I'm not blaming Steph for the loss. Okay. Okay. He he did. I mean, if you have my point is around him, my point is playmakers, shooters. My point I, I is they do it. my point is Steph did just about everything that he could do. Well, you said it was a dominant though. Rick. In another scenario, he he beats that Toronto squad if he has one other shooter. If he has Nick Young out there with him, he, oh he, he no, wins. no, 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 no! Because here Nick was the, Young can, Nick Young can hit an open shot. Here's the problem, and it's going to continue to be the problem in this series. The problem isn't an offense. The problem is defense. The problem is no Kavon Looney. The problem is that I, I don't agree. If the Raptors, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree, Rick. Because Raptors can attack the, the Raptors, rim. The Raptors, the Raptors struggle, and you, their, their offense was so bad, it was like starting a fast break. But they, they, I mean, it was bad when they were stagnant. When they, when they allowed themselves to get trapped on one side of the floor. Anytime Toronto moved the ball and just picked a matchup to attack, I mean, their defense was actually really good. They just couldn't score. It's what? it's tough when you literally the, can't the Raptors, score on defense. The Raptors shot fifty percent plus forty percent from three point range. Their defense was pretty they good. They were 50, bro. 40, 90 as a Their team. defense. I'm trying to tell you because they literally could not score. Their offense was so bad that it, 
influenced but, everything that they did. But I can't, I can't give the credit to the Warriors when Siakam picks up his dribble in the corner after inviting a double team of Steph and Draymond. I mean, first of all, you put yourself in a terrible position, and then the other four Raptors don't move. Kyle Lowry doesn't take a step toward the ball or make a cut or do anything. I'm sorry, that's not... I can't give all the credit to the Warriors. Yes, they made a valiant effort, but their defense... Don't don't tell me that their defense was good in Game 3. The defense was good, bro. It was not... They were having they literally could not they literally could not score. They scored 123 points. No, their defense I'm telling you, their defense was good. They just couldn't score. And then Toronto oh. finally got rolling. They finally got rolling and got something. Got something. But it, their defense was good enough, bro. All right. May not maybe hit, not perfect, but I, it was I, good enough. I want to hit one other subject before we say goodbye, and that's the um the Nets trading Alan Crabb, basically opening up cap space for two max guys. Kyrie Irving is already renting a townhouse in New Jersey. I understand that he's doing that while his house that he bought gets prepared. He's as good as as sold to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the trade opens up the possibility of adding a second guy. It is still hard for me to imagine. I know Kyrie and KD have talked. I know that their plan, at least at one point, was or is to play together. I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around KD joining Kyrie with the Brooklyn Nets. I think he's going to New York. I think he's going to wind up with the Knicks. That's just that's that's my view of things. But for the sake of this conversation, how would you feel about the Brooklyn Nets? Where would you put the Brooklyn Nets in the hierarchy of teams in the Eastern Conference if they signed Kyrie and KD this summer? They're going to the finals. They're automatically the team to beat well, in yeah, the Eastern well Conference. Run, yeah, well-run organization, very well coached. They'd have their pick-a-free agents be similar to that, that Miami squad. Guys would take less to go play there, similar to Golden State uh, when they they were rolling. You know, guys like David West were like, I'll play on a minimum. Hmm. Like, yeah, they they'd be the favorites to go go to the championship. I, I hey, absolutely. Even if Kawhi stays in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They'd be the favorites. Okay, so where where do you put have, where do you put Toronto and Milwaukee then? If the Nets rise to the top, Toronto two, uh, Milwaukee three, Boston. Where's well, Boston? Boston? Where's losing, Boston without Boston's Kyrie? Kyrie, they're they're in that four or five range. They got to battle out with Indiana. One of those young pups got to like actually show up. Got to prove this, something. We didn't even mention Philadelphia. Uh, well, it, it, Philly's in flux. You got to mm-hmm. get Jimmy back, and then how do you fill the role of Tobias Harris leaving? And we know what Ben Simmons gives you in the playoffs. Are you sure Tobias so Harris those, those, those is leaving? They, they're not going to afford them both. Yeah, okay, so let's say Jimmy goes guys. elsewhere, and Tobias stays. Uh, you you definitely you obviously you knock him down. You knock him down a bit. Do you knock him down below Boston? Here's my real question with Boston. Do you, is there a way that they might be better? They might reclaim the magic they had a year ago without Kyrie Irving. It was defense, man, and I feel like the East was just it, it was it wasn't as good at the time. It it was a really sloppy thing when they got anointed. 
it wasn't a great playoff. Think of Toronto. Think of Philly. Think of Boston. Think of those lineups that you saw. Think of Mil- Milwaukee. Really, you know, Giannis. He, he definitely was a couple pounds lighter. He was not the same player. Pascal Siakam wasn't the same player. He didn't exist, you know, the year before. Yeah. So the East was was terribly, uh, you know, the, the talent level was not there. And it, I mean, it has emerged. Their their top four is better than the West top four, clearly. All right, last thing, since we're not going to be able to do a podcast until next week after Game 4 has been played, I will be there. Uh, Clay Thompson is playing. Kevin Durant is not. And he didn't even participate in the three-on-three scrimmage that he was supposed to take part in before that decision was made uh, today, which is Thursday, the day before Game 4. How do you read all of this as far as what you expect from the Warriors if they're getting Clay back for Friday night, and the fact that Clay that KD is out, and there's still a question as to if or when we will see him in the series. KD's pretty intriguing to me, uh, being out. It's got to be really serious because, in a perfect world, I bring him back at home, mm. and maybe they're waiting till Game Six. Uh, it would be to get him back, uh, which is pushing it really thin. Uh, I believe Clay is Clay is going to be you know about eighty ninety percent. We kind of argued with it. I don't know if you were able to see a little more of the film, mm. but I, I I'm pretty sure he got right. He didn't try to run. He was like I'm done, and that was the best thing. Mm. Uh, that was the best thing that he got off it. So here's my other question: When it comes to KD. The fact that he went to Toronto when that, that when that first happened, knowing how serious the injury was, or at least that I was told that it was, I took that as an instance uh, in the indication that he was not going to play in the series because if he was anywhere close or he had hopes of playing in the series, we knew it wasn't going to be game one or game two in Toronto. I thought he would be much better served not only rehabbing back at the Warriors facility, but not taking the cross country flight. Because as you, as we both know, See that, yeah, that that threw me off too. Why? I thought I'm thinking he's coming back to make right, the flight, right? And or so at least he's close, right? Well, and, and so why? Like to me, it it takes me back to uh, what I said originally coming into the series, which is I was not expecting to see him play, and when he traveled to Toronto, and I knew how far away he was, it only made me think more that he was not going to play because otherwise he would stay back and he wouldn't put his body through that cross-country flight there and back and travel and all that, that he would he would be doing everything possible to get his body right for game three or game four. There's he, a level that you, you may want him to see the adjustments that are being made. You don't want him to miss a film session or a walkthrough. Uh, you, you'd really be in the mm. dark with missing that. It's not a regular season game. Okay. And if there is a thought of coming back, now I want to I want to throw this at you too because I I actually missed this, so they keep saying calf 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 calf, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I was talking with a guy about the series, and he pointed something out that I completely missed, and mm. I think everybody missed. Well, a couple people were able to see it. If it's his calf, the ice bag that he had on while in the hallway, if you've been seeing him ice, it's too low. It's on the Achilles, bro. Yeah. It's low. Yeah. Now, obviously, that Achilles isn't torn, or he wouldn't be walking around. He'd yeah. be having surgery. Yeah. But it's on that Achilles. 
that causes you to believe, darn, Katie may not be coming back. That is a great, great point. The difficulty with KD is that it's really hard. I I had to credit my man, and apparently there's a report online to a uh, a famous doctor who, you know, when he makes his remarks, he's pretty spot on. But I said, golly, like, was this that Dr. Is Chow? Not good, bro. There's a guy named Dr. Chow that who's, who uh, would appear on my radio show now and then. And uh, uh, he usually makes observations. I think he's pretty active online, so I wondered if it was him. I got another, I'm going to run that by. I got a, I got a guy that, uh, uh, that I communicate with that I run by stuff to get his uh, expert opinion. I'll, I'll, I'll mention that to him because we haven't, we haven't discussed that aspect of it. The difficulty is with, with KD is you don't really know where his calf muscle is because it's just he's oh, got one high bro you know where his calf is he's it got those high. mini mouse he's got he's he's got those mini mouse legs those now, maybe, uh, now, olive, maybe olive oil a, maybe there's a scenario where he's pins. walking around on it and it slid down you know yeah yeah but yeah like, okay, but probably for, for but probably like, do, do 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 come on come on you, we both know better than that we both know better yeah, than that. I don't know. Well, I've I've done that. Maybe you get a little lazy. I, I'm ice on my calf, and I go walking, and I shouldn't be, and it slides down. Um, I've seen that. The but importance. every time we've seen it, like, mm-hmm. okay, remember when he walked out uh, to the interview the other day? Uh, yeah. It was low. Yeah. They, I, the both times it's low. Yeah. It might be in a place where it's technically you could get away with saying it's the calf, but it's really it's where the that, calf muscle and, and, and the, and the Achilles serve. You know. <laughs> That's what he was saying. It's in that region, right? Mm-hmm. That's and you know what? And that when Steve Kerr talks about gray area, maybe that's what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, the, the gray injury area bro. of the, lo- the location of the injury, as much as anything else. Well, it, on a positive note, though, for Golden State, Clay looked rather chipper walking into the game. He looked rather. He looked. He looked pretty okay. That's yeah, kind of Clay, though. Nothing bothers. No, Clay. no, 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 no. For a guy me. that's jacked up, he would nothing be bothers. Walking like nothing that. bothers Clay. Clay. No, Clay's he's got not, this no, quiet swag. The way he was walking, there was no limp. Oh, you're saying there that? There's no limp. He was walking just. Dude, fine. no, no, no. But a hamstring, hamstring, you can walk fine. No. Nah, as soon as bro, as soon you, as you go he was, to, he's hurting. He nah, would. I'm be, telling you. I'm te- well. I don't know if you've had a hamstring. You're probably too flexible. No, I've definitely have had some. My right hand, me, I pulled it pulled it a couple times. But you could walk, and you don't feel no, it. No, but I'm saying kinda, I wouldn't rock it normally. As soon as you kind of move was, a little Clay bit, it's like, oh. Yeah, but Clay was limping, Rick. Clay was limping after the game. He couldn't He couldn't walk. You saw when he injured it, and he was walking. Well, His that, walk I was thought that was. I thought it locked better. up on him. I wasn't even sure. Of it. I just thought it was, you yeah, know how when, when your muscle gets fatigued to a point where it just, it's, it's just clinches up. It's almost like... Uh, you, 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 it's just a cramp, it just cramps up and it, and it won't unlock. I wondered whether that was some of it too. He probably a grade one. Yeah. Probably a grade one. All right. Well, the beauty of it is we will find out more about the condition of Clay Thompson in game four. Oh, he's playing, bro. Oh, no, no, I know he is. Yeah, I know he is. Yeah, but I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know who, how effective he's going to be. Who is he going to be? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's going to have a big influence. I also think the Raptors are going to be much better in game four. I think that they weren't sure how to attack this wounded animal and, and to put it away. Rick, Rick they're be not more good efficient. on offense. 
foot it to bed. They're not good on offense. Okay, yes, we'll Danny see. Green hit shots. Finally, Dude, they Kyle scored, Lowry. They scored 123 points, and they're it, not and, good and, on and then they shot Rick. over 50%. You can I, tell I, me. I, I promise you it was more about Philadelphia not making uh, – excuse me, Philadelphia. It was more about, um, uh, what do you call it, not making shots. They're not good, Rick. I don't know that Clay is going to be enough to change that. You're still going to need somebody else to make shots. He, he, uh, you're still going to need. You're still going to need somebody else to make shots. He will be. Uh, the floor wasn't space, man. Draymond was driving to the lane. There was five people sitting in there. Yeah, you had Draymond, Livingston, and Iguodala on the weak side. Yeah. you know who? Yeah, who, who, no. who they had to guard. Yeah. No, I guess that was that was tough, bro. I get it. I mean, I'm surprised. How many points they score? I'm surprised they cracked seventy with that lineup. I will, I, look, for me, there were some issues with the Raptors' defense. I'll give you that. They yeah, didn't play know, as, as well defensively as I they mean, could have. I mean, look, when you got Kawhi Leonard on the floor, he's going to score, and if he moves the ball, he's going to you know, as, get some assists. He's going to make some plays happen. And the reality is finally Danny Green hit some shots. But there's nothing consistent that made you really ecstatic. Yes, they're going to score. No, Kawhi, I agree with Kawhi that. Leonard's going to manufacture points, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not de- denying that. But that, for, for all of that, they still scored 123 points. To me, they had no business allowing that Warriors team to score 109 points. Tell you, I watched the game. They were just playing. They just could not score the basketball, man. Golden State could not score the basketball. Do you know how tough that is to come down and just be – Putting up donuts on the offensive end? No, for sure. Well, and, and and missing badly. Yeah. But but they were. But here's the thing: they were open looks. Jonas Jarepko, Quinn Cook, Andre Iguodala. Yeah, and, they shouldn't and be getting Thompson open looks. On no, no, no. They, they, those guys should looks. not be getting open looks. Not against the what Raptors. Not as good as they've played defense at times this year. What are, you, what are you talking about? That was the game plan, Rick. You act like there's not a game plan out there. I understand that there's a game plan. Kyle Lowry played casually, almost indifferent. There were times where when Steph Curry drives through your entire defense, you're going to tell me that's the game plan? That wasn't the game plan. Well, I, I agree. They were, they were bad. So I think they'll be better. But we will see, and then we'll talk about it next week. All right, that does it for this episode of Buker and Holland, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United We Cast Network. We have given away a prize. We gave away our prize, and if I had the name in front of me, congratulations to Caden Schmidt. What up, though? Yo, Caden, congratulations. We'll be sending it out to you in Ohio, fellow Buckeye. Happy to see that you won. There was no insider trading on this, I promise you. And so now we're going to put together our next package of prizes and uh, to get eligible for that. Uh, rate the show on iTunes or wherever you, you, you get your podcast and then screenshot that review and send it to Buker Friends and you will be eligible to win just as Caden did. All right, that does it for this episode. In the next one, I will be joined by Will Blackman. We will break, break down game four and we'll look at some of the news there is some NFL news going on take a long took a look at everything that's going on with the Cleveland Browns and the Oakland Raiders a lot of strangeness going on there we'll get Will's take on that as well Something about their janitor doing some dance moves yeah <laughs> in the meantime as always thanks for listening
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.